Three sheets on whiskey and quarter jukebox spent Spending all my money in this dive I've been living in Welcome to Now Hear This Entertainment, a podcast for fans of the guests who appear on this show, as well as fans of music in general, and a podcast for musicians, singers, songwriters, artists, entertainers who want to learn more to help them grow in what they're doing. I'm your host, Bruce Wozniak from Now Hear This Incorporated. Check out nhte.net and be sure you are subscribing to this podcast. If you're already doing so, thank you, and tell your friends to do so as well. You can talk with other listeners and even past guests from this show in our Facebook group, which is called NHTE Listeners. There's a link to it at nhte.net. And if you've got questions or comments that you would rather send right to me instead of posting in there, the email address is podcast at nhte.net. Joining me today on the Now Hear This Entertainment guest line from the road, my guest is a singer, songwriter, and guitar player originally from Pennsylvania, now living in Nashville. He walked away from a college baseball scholarship to pursue music and ended up in the top four on season 11 of The Voice. He has over a million streams on Spotify, and the video for his song, Boots Like Mine, spent four weeks at number one on the CMT Music 12-pack. Garth Brooks had said about him, quote, this kid, as soon as he opens his mouth, you believe him, end quote. You've been hearing a song of his called How About You? It's my pleasure to welcome to Now Hear This Entertainment, Josh Gallagher. What's up, man? Josh, thanks for making time to talk to me today. I appreciate it. I appreciate you having me on, man. Thank you. Sure. Let's start off by having you tell the audience about the song that we were just playing called How About You, especially since I was talking over it and they couldn't hear the lyrics. (laughs) Yeah, right. Um, So, yeah, man, so that song, uh, I released that the, uh, you know, a year after I got off of The Voice, and uh, that was my first first single that I put out from, you know, after being on the show, and... um, and it just turned out to be one of those songs that when we were in the room that day and we were writing it, uh, it, it took, I don't know, some songs Some songs take, you know, uh, forever, take a little bit longer to write than others, and, and this just happened to be one of those songs. Um, I was actually kind of out of it by the time that we got done writing the song. I kind of didn't really know exactly what we had uh, until I listened, to, listened back to it in my Jeep on the way uh, home. And as soon as I heard it, kind of got my head out of that writing room space vibe. As soon as I heard it on the way home, I was like, man, we got something very, very special here, you know? So um, I knew that I was going to catalog that one and keep it for myself. And then um, I made the decision to, to put it out as a single. Uh, like I said, right, right after, uh, or about a year after I got off of the voice. And uh, I did not, to be honest with you, didn't really expect it to go as far and do as well as it did. It's still doing really, really well, actually. It's one of our highest, uh, highest stream songs on Spotify, and and uh, yeah, it's just still doing really, really well. It, uh, it was six week number one on on, uh, on CMT Twelve Pack Countdown. That was the first music video we had on CMT, and uh, we're just really, really proud of it. You know, it's just one of those songs that I feel like everybody can relate to. Uh, unfortunately. In everybody's lives, all of our lives, we, you know, we go into these relationships, and you know, it, it might work out, and sometimes it doesn't work out. And the, and the times that it doesn't work out are the times when you gotta, you, know, you kind of gotta put the front on, you gotta put your poker face on, and uh, you know, pretend like you're doing okay on the outside when actually on the inside you're really just, uh, you know, you're, you're losing your mind, you're just going mm. crazy because you just broke up or just uh, divorced this person or this or that or whatever. So I mean, it's very, very relatable to everybody. I think that's probably one of the reasons why. It, uh, it went as far as it did, and, and it's still doing as well as it is. Wow, wow. And for the audience, I'll tell you, do go and find Josh's song now that you heard him describe it. And since I was talking over it in the intro and you weren't able to hear the lyrics, I do want you to go and support Josh by listening to the song all the way through. Josh, a couple of follow-up questions, though, on some of the things that you said. For openers, when you said you weren't really sure what you had, so you listened to it in your Jeep as you were driving away from the co-write, so does that mean that it wasn't just written down on paper that maybe a guitar was in the room and someone was playing along and singing and there was a, a phone or some sort of recording device that you were able to capture it and walk away with it in a form that you're able to listen to it as you're driving? 
Uh, yeah, so, I mean, what, what happened with me that day, uh, sometimes, actually, kind of often, uh, is I'll get into these these writing, these writing rooms with these co-writers, and, and um, sometimes, like I said, the writes will take a little bit longer than, than other ones, you know. I think that day when we wrote How About You, that was like a six or seven-hour day where we just kind of really had to... Uh, you know, kind of beat our heads against the wall until we until we got it. So I was I was kind of spaced out mentally, which is why I said, uh, which is why I said what I said about you know, kind of not really knowing what we had. Um, you know, because I mean, there's, there's the guitar lick on it, then uh, the the intro lick that you that you hear in the front, and then throughout the rest of the song, and you know the the you know, cleverly written lines and lyrics. And I was just at the time after writing for five six hours, I was like. I was a little bit spent, you know what I mean? I was, sure, I was kind of sure. like, oh man, I'm ready, I'm ready for this thing to, to be over. Like, where are we at with this? You know? So, um, so yeah, honestly, I was just spaced out. So that way, so when I listened to it after we recorded the uh, the work tape for it on my phone, uh, I played it and sang it. After we recorded it, I was like, okay, cool. I know we got a three minute something song, which is great. It's good tag. I know it's good, but I didn't know specifically what we had until I listened to it in the Jeep on the, on our way home. You know, it was just like, gotcha. it was just, it just kind of hit me. I was so spaced out in the room that I kind of, when, when I got in my Jeep and I was driving home, I got to like my head cleared a little bit. So I listened to it and it just hit me. I was like, Oh, this is a great song. I was like, why didn't I, in my head, I was like, why didn't I figure this out? When we were in the room? <laughs> It just it just kind of happens that way sometimes. It gets to the point where, you know, you just get uh, you get inside your own head for too long and um, and uh, kind of get distracted. So, so how many other writers were there on that song? Yeah, so I wrote that with uh, two two good buddies of mine, uh, Davis. No, I'm sorry, Will Duvall, Will Duvall, and Mark Addison Channel. Two other two other writers on that. Well, and the reason that I ask is because you made a comment where you said that you cataloged that as something that you knew that you wanted to keep and you were going to eventually release it. So explain for those who are in the audience that are up-and-coming singers, songwriters that are just learning the business, how is it determined who gets to keep that song? Being that there were three of you, how is it that you got to do it and one of the others couldn't say, well, I, I actually want this song for myself? Well, I mean, I don't, I don't know if it's necessarily like a, uh, a thing where you kind of say, all right, this song's mine and nobody else can, none of the other writers can cut it um, or anything like that. I think it's just that at the time, whenever we wrote that song specifically, I, uh, I was the only uh, artist, country artist in the, in the room, right? So I think it was just kind of determined that I was going to cut that song and um, you know, so anyone, any one of the other songwriters can cut that song if they want to. Okay, they still can. So it's not, it's not really a uh, who determines what or who makes that choice. Okay, it's more of just like a, you know, even a, even a song. One of the other songwriters can cut it. Um, so it just kind of made sense for me to cut it at the time because I was the only artist that was in the room that day. Gotcha, gotcha. Well, I do want to ask the audience if you folks have checked out the exclusive bonus audio with guests from this show over on Patreon yet. At the beginning of 2020, I overhauled the Patreon for Now Hear This Entertainment, and you can now get bonus content that is ad-free only through that method and all for just 5 bucks a month. So Josh and I will be talking about even more over on there. Plus, there are already audio files up there from the last three months' worth of guests dating back to the episode that was released on Christmas Day. Hit the show website, nhte.net, and then click on the orange-colored Support Us on Patreon button for access and more details. Josh, you were a star athlete. You were recruited to play baseball in college, and you left college to pursue music. I've got a bunch of questions about that. How did your folks react to it? When was this, meaning your first year of college, your senior year of college, you know, had you already been playing music, th those types of things. Yeah, right. So uh, it's actually funny. So uh, to kind of start uh, at the very beginning here for you a little bit. So I've been uh, I've been playing guitar since I was ten. Uh, my parents got me my first guitar ah. uh, at that age, and and uh, I just kind of started to 
started teaching myself how to play, you know, and so I, that's how I've, I've always learned. I, I, I haven't, you know, I've never taken a, a lesson. I've always just taught myself, but, um, but uh, the way, so I, so I've always played guitar to answer, to answer your question in short right there. But what, uh, you know, I went, I went to school to play baseball and, and uh, I went, went for two years into my sophomore year. And uh, then I realized I was like, well, man, school, school is really easy for me. You know, I wasn't, I wasn't really happy at school. I was happy playing baseball. Don't get me wrong. That's why, that's why I want to go to school for, but I didn't, <laughs> it's kind of funny. I, uh, I was never great in school and the, uh, at the, uh, studies, if you will. So, um, I, uh, I ended up making a decision to drop out of school and, uh, uh, move back out with my parents. And that was devastating for, uh, for me to make that decision as a, as a young kid, you know, I think I was 19 at the time, you know, and, uh, it, 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 it was hard because I knew I, because I, my main thing was I didn't want to let my parents down because I was going to school and they were they were you know paying for it and I had student loans and all that and I just didn't want to let my parents down and when I told them the news uh, when I broke it to them that I wasn't going back to school after my sophomore year um, you know they were mad don't get me wrong they were <laughs> they were they were pretty upset as uh, as any parent I guess uh, would be but. They knew that one. I, I I didn't like school. They knew that. Um, so they kind of just they took a breath for a minute and, and sat back and they kind of let me do my thing, you know. And whatever my thing was at the time, which I think I was just working a, a full time job somewhere, but I wasn't really doing anything after that point with my life. I was just kind of in a transitional period where I was like, I don't know what I'm going to exactly do here. So um, I kind of picked my guitar back up again and. And uh, never really set it down, though. At the same time, you know, I always played played music and, and strummed my guitar and played in the dorm rooms and in our baseball house and my apartment. And and, and so I always played guitar. I just never played it out as, like, a, as a career option. I just never thought about it that way. I just kind of thought of it as a hobby at the time because I always thought I was going to play baseball. But so I dropped out of school and I picked up my guitar. And I don't know, I just kind of surrounded myself and surrounded myself in, in music and uh, one of the very first shows I played after I dropped out of school was at a uh, club called uh, Sokols in Lily, Pennsylvania, which is the next town over from, from where I'm from, in Crescent. And it was my first show playing out by myself solo. And uh, I was nervous. You know, I was scared. There were a lot of people that showed up. I mean, a lot of people, a lot of my friends, a lot of people that were in town. And it just kind of went from there. Hey, well, hmm. I started doing that, and every every weekend I was playing out every Friday, Saturday. Wow. Still working a, a full-time job at that time, living in my parents' house, and, um, and just kind of doing the music thing on the weekends as a hobby, you know? And then I started doing that, and I did that for a year, and lo and behold, I did it for another year after that, and then... You know, each crowd and each venue started getting bigger and bigger and bigger, and people started singing back my own songs and all the covers and stuff that I was doing. And I was like, man, well, I don't know exactly what I want to do with my life, so why not give this? Why not, why not give this country music thing a shot? I mean, gotcha. If I can, in my mind, I was thinking, you know, if I can, if I can make a a name for myself and uh, and make people come out to want to see me play as much as I'm doing already. You know why not give it a shot uh, in the at, at the big time? So I made the move to Nashville in in, in 2014, and um, the rest is so far history. <laughs> yeah, because it sounds like what you're saying is, you know, you were getting bigger crowds, and they were more receptive to your music, and you weren't even really trying. It was like I'm just doing this because I've always liked music, but I have a job that pays my bills. I'm just doing music because I like it, and that's kind of what got your attention. That hey, wait a minute. You know, maybe I should take it seriously. Maybe I can do something with this. Yeah, that's exactly it, man. You know, I was doing, like I said, I, was, you know, I had that full-time job, and I was doing music on the weekends on the side. And, um, it was just kind of like it was a hobby at that point. It wasn't anything that I was looking towards doing for really career choice. Yeah, yeah. And so the clarification there is that obviously you weren't leaving college so that you could pursue music. It was I had left college, and then one of the things I decided I would do is, well, maybe I'll just kind of do some music here and there. And lo and behold, it became what you just described. Right, exactly. That's 
you you <laughs> you nailed it on the head <laughs> and uh and, and a lot less than I did. <laughs> well let me let me set this up properly for the audience now because I want to fast forward to more recent times. So in the six plus years of this show, there have been sixteen guests that I have interviewed who have been on the voice, which makes Josh number seventeen, but he is the first on my show that represents season 11 of The Voice. That was in 2017. And so those of you in the audience that are listening to this episode, I want you to understand that Josh made history as the first country artist that his coach, Adam Levine, had ever led to the show's finale. And interestingly, Adam had not turned his chair for Josh in the blinds. Instead, Josh had a two-chair turn, which was Blake Shelton and Alicia Keys, and he ended up on Team Blake, and then Blake put Josh up against Sundance Head, who would go on to win that season in the knockout round. So, Josh, you must have wowed Adam Levine with those high notes in My Maria because you were stolen by him in the knockout round. So just talk about your experiences on The Voice. Man, uh... I'm just going to start with overall. Uh, that was one of the best experiences I've ever had in my wow. life. I mean, wow. from top to bottom, from start to finish. I wow. mean, it was it was great. They just uh, from the cast to the crew to the producers to the coaches to the, everybody. You know, I mean, it was just great. They really, really took care of all of us out there. And, and uh, I encourage anybody who is even thinking about giving it a shot to do it because. You never know what's going to happen. So uh, it, 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 they, they just take care of everybody out there. Everybody's so nice. So, uh, so experience was great. You know? um, the whole the whole thing with the, the, the knockout round when we lost to Sundance, it was, it was kind of funny, man. So Sundance and I at the time uh, were we weren't roommates at the time anymore. We were previously roommates. But our rooms were right beside each other. Uh, so him and I would hang out all the time and, uh, you know, talk smack back and forth to each other. You know, like guys do, and uh, he ended up winning, winning that knockout round. And I knew he was going to win as soon as he opened his mouth and started singing. After I did, I was like, <laughs> I was like, yeah, like, I'm going home. That's all right. <laughs> 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 it was kind of fun. Like as soon as he just held the room, and it was just him and his guitar, and and he held the room so. I don't. I don't know. That's one of the actually still to this day. That's one of the performances I think I've ever seen as far as capturing an audience, right? But when Adam stole me, I was, I was, I was blown away. There's a, there's a clip that, uh, I don't know if you can even find it online, but whenever Adam hit his button to, to steal me, uh, I actually, like, collapsed on stage. And then, like, when I got back up, it's like whenever they, they edited out the first part, whenever I, like, collapsed and rolled on stage. Because I was so shocked. Whoa. Uh, yeah, so they edited that front part out, and, uh, and uh, so then the only part that you see now is, is you know, from, you know, so I'm coming back up and talk to Carson. And, uh, well, so I, I guess it, it must have been the song, you know. So so in, in My Maria by Brooks and Dunn, in that song, um, the melody in the chorus is really, really high. It's and if there's anybody out there that's listening to Adam Levine, you guys know that Adam Levine, made his career and Maroon 5 made their career on Adam's you know, falsetto, very high you know, soaring choruses and, and melodies. Yeah. So I think that's probably what, what probably locked him in on hitting his button for me because at that point in time on the show, I hadn't um, I hadn't been able to stretch my vocals that far yet. Now, I was able to stretch them a little bit on the uh, you know, like Stay a Little Longer, my blind audition song, and um, Stranger in My House by Battle Song, but nothing in the nothing in the falsetto, in my falsetto, which is uh, obviously the tippy top of anyone's rules. So I think that's probably what locked him in, to be honest with you, because he uh, he said that's all he sings. He sings falsetto, and he's next. I'm wondering in my head. I never really got a chance to ask him like why he stole me and what it was. But uh, I think that if he were to give me a reason, I'd feel confident that that would probably be the one. So just to clarify then, when you said that you collapsed, was it in reaction to, oh my gosh, 
you know, a reaction to Adam, or was it completely unrelated and it was some medical incident? No, no, I was just shocked that he hit that, that he hit his button to steal me. That's a hundred percent what it was. Wow, wow. Yeah, it was, it was just shocked, which is weird for me because I don't get uh, I don't get surprised about a whole lot. You know, I'm kind <laughs> of a I'm pretty pretty simple simple guy, and uh, yeah, something someone someone would happen to tell me I'd be like, oh, well, you uh, you have the number one have a number one song on blah blah blah. I'd be like, oh, cool, that's awesome. But, like, I don't know, it was just me. I, he he hit his button and I was like, I was just super excited, super emotional, and that that's where that came from. So wow. if you if there's anybody out there that can find it, go ahead and try, go ahead and find it because it's pretty funny. <laughs> Very good. Well, we'll move on. Your debut project was a self-titled EP. Tell the listeners more about that. Yeah, so uh, that, that EP uh, came out. We released that last May, uh, so May 2019. And um, there's six songs on it, including How About You. We, uh, How About You did so well that uh, we were like, you know what? It deserves to go on this record. So, um, yeah, like I said, we released that last May. And, um, man, it's just a really good record. I mean, I feel like I feel like for a debut EP, you know, coming, coming off of The Voice, you know, a few years afterwards, uh, you know, putting my nose in the dirt, really grinding, really getting in these writing, writing rooms with really, really great writers and, and honing in on my flow. Uh, I feel like that helped a lot in getting that first EP and that project done. Um, now, I've, I, I have written a bunch of songs before that, but none of them that were up to par with what what's on this first EP. And, uh, you know, I couldn't, I couldn't be prouder of it. it uh, especially uh, one of the very last songs to be written on that record, actually, was... Um, song called look at me now which is uh, a song i wrote uh for my wife and, uh about you know our relationship and where we met and where i'm at now because of her so um you know it, it kind of just encompasses everything at the time when we released it that i thought would be a really good debut to get people to kind of you know get and understand right away what kind of music i i, I like and what my influences are and and just kind of try to understand what kind of guy I really am. And I think I, I think I really did that on this first record. That was my main goal, just to kind of get everybody to listen and really hook them in with, these, with this first record. And uh, I hope we did that. I feel like we did anyway. Well, in the video for the song that we played at the beginning of this episode, How About You, the video held the number one spot on CMT's 12-pack countdown. I have for five consecutive weeks, but I think you might have said six. Yeah. And you were also spotlighted as a rising star through the network's artist discovery initiative. So I know that when listeners who are up and coming performers themselves, they hear about things like that. They want to know as a result of what I just described, meaning the video holding the number one spot for six consecutive weeks and you being spotlighted as a rising star through the Artist Discovery Initiative. Did you see a boost in listens or views as a result of all that? Oh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, what, what CMT has got going on over there uh, with the with the 12-pack countdown and everything, it's just, it's just a great, it's a great program uh, for up-and-coming artists and, and, you know, artists that are, are signed and have been signed for a while. It's just a great thing that they do. So it definitely helped 100%. I noticed a lot, uh, a lot more exposure, obviously, with my music on Spotify, and, you know, especially specifically with that song. And, um, you know, bumped, bumped up some of my followers on YouTube and, and, and Twitter and, and Instagram, definitely Facebook. Facebook uh, followers went up a mm. whole lot. With uh, with the debut of that with the debut of that Interesting. song, so it it definitely helped. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah, and I know, I remember when this show hit the iTunes top ten in the music category, and I was all excited, and I posted about it on Facebook, and right away another podcaster comments and says, "Yeah, but did it help with your overall downloads and things like that?" So everybody who does what you do always wants to know. That's really great, but you know, did it get the desired result? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like it all sounds good, but did it? Did it help? Yeah, and yeah, I'm here to say that it, it absolutely did. Nice. Yeah, so I think that what happened with that song was um, we put it out, and people immediately, like I said earlier, immediately heard it, listened to it, and grasped onto it because 
it's such a personal song for everyone. Everyone's gone through that. So I think that I think that really helped, and it, it made people feel like you know they were relatable to me and my content that I was putting out. So they wanted to be a part of that. They wanted to be a part of that, and anything that you know, any records and projects and singles that we would continue to put out in the future. So I really think I gained a lot of uh, a lot of fans over that song. Nice, nice. I am joined today on the Now Hear This Entertainment guest line from the road by singer, songwriter, guitar player Josh Gallagher. Check him out at jgmusic.net. I will put a link to it on the show page for this episode at nhte.net. Once you land on his website, you'll find links to engage with Josh on social media, Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, and Instagram. Plus, there are links there as well for Josh's original music. So, yes, you can follow him on Spotify, but support Josh by purchasing his music from his website, which would benefit him the most, or use the likes of Apple Music, which is iTunes, or get it from Amazon. I mentioned earlier about the Patreon for this show. Check out the bonus audio, which is ad-free, by going to the show website nhte.net and hit the orange-colored Support Us on Patreon button. That is only 5 bucks a month. And don't forget that another way that you can support this show is through your regular, everyday purchases from Amazon. It's no extra cost to you, so you're able to support NHTE without taking extra money out of your pocket. Just go to the show website, nhte.net, scroll down to the tall Amazon banner, and then once you click that, it will open their shopping app if you're on your phone, or it'll open their website if you're on your computer. Either way, at the end of the transaction, they will kick back a small percentage of the sale to me, which helps with the expenses I have for putting out a new episode of this show every week, and I don't even see what you bought. So thank you for your support of the show through the exclusive ad-free bonus audio on Patreon or by starting your online shopping through my Amazon banner. Josh, I mentioned this back in the intro. The video for your song, Boots Like Mine, spent four weeks at number one on the CMT Music 12-pack. As of the day that we're recording this interview, that video has 444,000 views on YouTube. And by the way, we're going to play that song at the end of this episode. Tell us more right now just about the making of the video itself. Yeah, man. So um, so we filmed that video in my back in my hometown, which I mentioned here ah, a couple of minutes ago, Crescent, Pennsylvania, where I'm from. And uh, one of the reasons that we did that is because, um, one, I grew up there, so... I know all the business owners and, and uh, everybody in the town. It's a really small town, 2,000 people, so everybody knows everybody. And uh, so I knew I could get a hold of the, some of these business places that uh, I grew up going to and, and get a hold of these people. And, and I, I, I felt like I was very confident that they would let us come in and film in, in their in their businesses. So uh, that's one of the reasons why we shot there. And two, because that's where I grew up is the – Best, it, it was, there's no better place that we could have shot that video because my town, my hometown, is so blue collar. It's blue collar to the max. You know, everybody's working their butts off to make ends meet and you know put food on the table for their families and and then spend you know maybe go to a concert or a comedy show here and there or whatever their favorite. You know, type of entertainment is so it was just it just seemed fitting to to shoot that there, and um, we shot it over two days, and um, it, it just it really couldn't have ended up any better than than what you guys see on the video now. And then for us to have it placed on CMP is you know, a feat in itself. Again, to have one video, the first video. How about you? I have one video on there. Awesome. Great. Very grateful. And then to have another video on there, it's like, man, I mean, we, it, it, we must be doing something right here. So um, it just it just couldn't have ended up any better. And I know every every single person that you see in that video is kind of funny, uh, it, which is another reason, why, I guess, third reason why we shot in my hometown is, is because I know everybody. So I know everybody that you see in all those videos, I know every single person there, which is kind of cool to me. So it's, it's a personal thing for me. But then it's almost a little bit of an insight on, you know, to new fans, people that don't know me yet or have just jumped on board, a little bit of an insight to, you know, how I grew up and where I grew up and what, you know, 
what I'm all about to my core. You know what I mean? So uh, that's kind of the kind of the reason why we shot it there. But I mean, eight, eight week number one on CMC 12 pack countdown. Uh, pretty proud of that one. Well, so two questions, though, about that. Number one is, you know, talk about the production. Did you have to invest all kinds of money in a huge team to do the production to actually create the video for you? And then the second question is, how does an independent artist get their song picked up by someone like CMT? Do you Is there a submit form on the website? Is it, oh, my gosh, no, it's nowhere near that easy. You have to have a manager. You have to have an agent. You have to have somebody that knows somebody how does how does one land a video on cmt and then like i said also talk about how involved the production was or was not of making the video yeah yeah so uh as far as production goes for the video it, it was literally um it was one camera with uh with the one camera operator director uh his name's mike Gennard. he's actually my wife's cousin so we're related and uh uh, Mike Mike shoots all of our all of our video content and uh, all my photo shoots, and uh, he helps he helps out, takes care of uh, all my social media stuff, and and uh, I basically I joke around when I say this, but it's all serious. Uh, basically, anything that looks professional, that's uh, that's all Mike. <laughs> so, so the production the production value on this uh, the production cost I got it on it on boots like my video was fairly low, you know, a um, couple hundred bucks. Wow! To, to rent a camera, and yeah, come to to rent a camera and the the proper lenses that he needed to make sure, you know, he got all the shots that that he needed in the, you know, all the specs and everything. I don't know camera video stuff terms, but he'll listen to this and go, yeah, I know. <laughs> but, <laughs> but uh, yeah, man, so relatively relatively cheap. I mean, it was just a couple hundred bucks and. Uh, we were we were up at that way. We were up in my hometown area anyway. That weekend that we shot it, we were up there for I think a show or two or something. But so we were up there anyway, and we were like, man, why don't we just take this weekend since we're going to be up there and shoot this video? Gotcha. So it kind of we kind of killed two killed two birds with one stone there. Yeah. So um, yeah, that that whole thing that you see is uh, one camera, one man operation. Amazing. Uh, he produced it. Filmed it, directed it, edited it. He did it. He did it all. You Amazing. Know? So, so that for that video, that specific video, it was just it just also kind of back to like a blue collar thing for me. It just felt like it needed to be simple. You know, it didn't need to be for me anything you know upscale, flashy, fancy like big production set. Uh, we didn't need any of that. We had everything right there. You know, our whole set was my hometown, uh, so we yeah. just needed to get there and film it. Yeah. And uh, and Mike captured that really really well, but um, you know as far as the uh, as far what's the second part question? I'm sorry. How does an independent artist like yourself get CMT to pick up one of your videos? Yes, yeah, yeah that's right. Okay, so uh, so what happened with me was I kind of fell into a lucky situation where right after I got off of the Voice, uh, one of the producers I can't remember his name right now off the top of my head, but one of the uh, producers there at The Voice knew a woman over at CMT whose name is Leslie Fram. Leslie Fram runs CMT. So uh, he introduced me to her. So that that was my in there to, to, to make that connection. And uh, okay. so I just kept up. I just kept that connection up. But um, otherwise, though, you'd really need you really need a some you know a manager or uh, some sort of you know PR PR firm or agency or something like that to that has those connections because it's not like uh, a, just a submit a video kind of thing online and uh, or like walk in the front door and say hey yeah. how do, can I get my music video on yeah so yeah. you kind of have to have okay. a little bit of a connection somewhere so okay. Well, so then a similar question is: you have over a million total streams on Spotify. And the big thing, as everyone knows, in the music world is getting on playlists. So have you had luck with getting on playlists on Spotify? Uh, yeah, we've had, some, we've had some luck here and there. Um, it's, it's, it's actually, independently, it's really, uh, it's really difficult. you kind of got to do your research. You know? uh, a lot of these uh, you know, playlist curators are, are, are hard to find. Now, um, there's, a, uh, there's a company that I use to, uh, to help 
playlist my my songs, and that's a company called um, Artist Formula. They're out of California, and uh, they do a really really good job. But um, I mean, anybody can use them too. So uh, that's not like a we don't need an agent or a booking or a, or PR or anything like that. But um, you know, getting getting playlist playlist is it's pretty tough, man. It's, it's really hard. So they this would you you'll email a curator if you find who you know who runs the playlist and, and my email them or. If you're lucky, very lucky, you might find a number, but that's very doubtful. But you email them and, or message them, and sometimes they won't get back to you because everybody's so busy nowadays, and, and it, which is completely understandable. But, you know, so it can be pretty difficult, you know. To, to have over a million total streams on my Spotify account is it's, uh, pretty mind-blowing to me because <laughs> I'm still kind of trying to – Still, kind of trying to figure this whole thing out, you know. I mean, right now I'm in, I'm in a van going up to Altoona, Pennsylvania, to play two, two shows at a theater tomorrow and Saturday. So you know, I'm still, I'm still trying to figure this out. So, so for someone like me, who, you know, who did the voice and, and that platform helped me out really, really well, and, you know, kind of just put my nose in the dirt and grind, grinded it out. It's still. We're still independent, so we're still baby act, and all that. Sure. So it's just still pretty cool, you know. I, I hope, I hope, I hope one day, whenever we you know, strike it big and make it big, I hope that feeling never goes away. Because if I think, I think if that feeling ever goes away, uh, then I, I'm gonna hang it up because there's there's no there's no reason to not feel like that. I mean, at first, whenever I whenever I put how about you out, like we were talking about earlier, and I got a hundred thousand views uh, spins on it, I was like. What is going on here? I'm like, why are so many people listening to this song? I was very grateful, but I was confused because I was like, I didn't expect it to do that. So, like, when you hear about a, a big number like that, a one billion, it's kind of uh, it's kind of mind blowing still. So, once that feeling goes away, if that feeling ever goes away, I'm gonna hang it up. There you <laughs> go. Nicely said. You know. Well, as I said back in the intro, it says in the bio on your website that Garth Brooks said of you. This kid, as soon as he opens his mouth, you believe him. So, under what circumstances did he get to hear your music? Did did you have you met Garth Brooks? How did that come to be? I did. I did meet Garth actually. So I got to meet Garth uh, while I was on the Voice. He was one of the. Uh, he was a guest uh, coach. He was one uh, of the. Uh, uh, what is that called when they do those? Uh, yeah, he was like a guest coach that they bring in. I can't remember the exact term they use for it off the top of my head, but yeah. So it was for it was actually for my knockout round. Whenever he came in and he was a guest on there, and uh, so I got to meet him, and it was which was super cool for me because I was such a huge Garth, uh, Garth Brooks fan growing up, and still am. Um, and uh, so get, getting to meet him and get to you know shake his hand and, and, and take in everything that he was you know telling me and advising me on how to sing this better, or maybe sing it like that, or or just let the let the pipes loose, you know. It was it was really cool. So that's how he got to hear me sing was um, was for my knockout round during rehearsals on the on the voice. Okay. And uh, man, he's a great guy. I haven't talked to him. Or I haven't gotten a chance to talk to him since then. But he's a he's a great guy, though. I'll tell you that. Nice, nice. And listeners, I'd be remiss if I didn't send you way, way, way back to the early stages of now here this entertainment. Back on episode 24, the guest was Johnny Garcia. He's the lead guitar player for Garth Brooks, and that is the most listened-to episode ever of Now Hear This Entertainment. So I will put a link to it on the show page for this episode at nhte.net. And I also want to mention that if you've been listening, you know that for some time now, when I get to the point in the show when I talk about the Access Vegas newsletter, I refer to the trip that I'm taking to go do a speaking engagement. Well, this episode with Josh... It's coming out on the day that that event starts. So as you're listening to this, assuming that you're listening to it the day that it came out, I will be in Las Vegas for my speaking engagement. And you know that I will have really, really read up on all things Las Vegas, thanks to the good people who run the Access Vegas newsletter. If you've still not checked it out, A, what are you waiting for? And B, let me prepare you. There is so much information. This is not an email that you get and you sit and you read it. This is an email that you get and you click on and you go online to read the newsletter. And then it's just packed with so much information that 
you're almost going to get a little confused. You're going to have to hit the back arrow and say, wait, did I go and read this? What have I read off of this page? That's how much valuable information. It's all insider tips. It's from people who are right there who have been doing this for so many years. And they're doing this all saving you money, saving you time, and you're not having to have coupons when you go. And as I've said before, even if you're not planning a trip to Las Vegas anytime soon, it's a great newsletter to read to keep up on all the things that are going out there. It'll probably entice you to want to plan a trip out there. But whenever you do finally go, you're going to be really well prepared because you're going to have read that thing and you're going to be able to make the most out of your time. So go to nhte.net, click on the Access Vegas logo, and then use the code BRUCE to get $5 off during sign-up. Send me an email. Let me know that you did it. Let me know how much you're liking it. I'm not going to say if you like it because I know you will, and you'll get lots of benefits from it as well as enjoyment like you always hear me talking about. Go to nhte.net, click on the Access Vegas logo, and put in the code BRUCE at sign-up to get $5 off. And by the way, you can and should purchase Josh's CDs on his website. Josh, while we talked about your debut self-titled EP, it looks like there are two CDs for sale on your website. What is the one that was released in 2018? And and by the way, with vinyl making a resurgence, I heard earlier that vinyl is now outselling CDs. Any thoughts of putting an EP or a future album out on vinyl? Uh, yeah, man. I'm sorry. I've had a lot of still miss out of that. And and one of my goals is to uh, is to do that. You know, I've uh, my I've always loved vinyl. My wife got me a uh, got me a record player and a couple of vinyl records here I think a couple of years, a few years ago, three years ago, four or something like that. But um, so it's coming back around, right? and I just think there's something so nostalgic and cool about that because CDs are almost obsolete now, and it's cool to me that people are getting interested in vinyl again. So, I mean, short answer, yeah. I would love to uh I would love to put out a record with uh on vinyl. Absolutely. I think I think I think though I I probably would have to do it a full record though if I did uh if I did vinyl though. So, cuz it's A side and B side and stuff. So, <laughs> what is the CD on your website that was released in 2018? So that one right there, so there's the, so there should be two of them. When you guys go on my website, there should be two. Uh, my self-titled EP, the one where I'm sitting down, i got my boots up on a bar stool, whatever it is. And there's another one, it's like a white background. That one, I think, is the one you're talking about. That one right there was the first kind of unofficial EP that I just kind of threw a bunch of songs together and... Uh, sold a bunch of hard copies after I got off the voice because when I got off, when I got off the voice, uh, per my contract, I wasn't allowed to release any digital music, huh. or the voice and their uh, record label would own all that music. So wow. Wow. Uh, I was kind of yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's 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 what that is. I was under contract. I was under that contract deal uh, for about a year ish, something like that. But so what I did was. And if somebody from The Voice or whatever listens to this, <laughs> they're, hopefully they'll chuckle at it and won't come after me for money. But, <laughs> but uh, so what I did was I just printed I, I just printed off a bunch of hard copies and I just I sold them for you know I sold them for cash or gotcha. you know, card whatever at, gotcha. at, at my venues and we just sold a bunch of them. So that's what that other one is. Okay, okay. And listeners, you will see both of those when you go to Josh's website. We are about out of time. We're going to close today with another song of yours, one that. We've talked about a couple times, Boots Like Mine. We heard you talk all about the video for it before and where that was filmed and stuff like that, but I want to give you a chance before we close here and before you and I record some extra content for Patreon. Tell the listeners about the song itself, about Boots Like Mine. All right, so um, this song, uh, first of all, I've, I've wrote this song, and I think, I think three years ago now with uh, two buddies of mine who I write with a bunch, uh, Davis Corley and Mark Addison Chandler. Um, we went in the room that day and we threw out a couple ideas, and then uh, this idea got thrown out there on the table, and we all kind of looked at each other. like We didn't know what it was yet, but when someone said boots like mine, we all kind of looked at each other like, yeah, that, I don't know what that is, but that's really cool. So <laughs> um, we you know, we wrote it, and we, we got it figured out. And um, I think what actually ended up happening with that song is we wrote the we wrote the 
chorus first, and then we went back, and we were like, that's not right for the chorus. So what we did was I'm pretty sure we moved what we had for the chorus into the first verse. Wow. So technically what you guys are hearing whenever the first verse lyric comes in was the original chorus. Wow. Something along those lines, I'm pretty sure. But uh, anyway, just uh, the the idea behind the whole entire song was to keep it as blue collar as we could keep it, you know, um, and you know, take a take a little bit and and put it towards a nod to the military because you know, if it weren't for the the brave men and women of this this uh, United States military, none of us would be able to do. You and me wouldn't be able to talk right now. You know, if we keep keeping this country free, none of us would be able to would be able to do what we do without that. So we wanted to make sure that we obviously, you know, gave a nod to the military and um, gave a nod to all the blue collar people. And so and I say that blue collar because country music, well, what I do is as blue collar as it gets. And the people that, you know, bust their butts every week and make a paycheck and spend that paycheck on concert tickets or merchandise to not just for my shows, not just for, Garth Brooks shows, but for any genre of any music, it doesn't matter. You know, none of us would be standing up there on stage having as much fun as we do, being able to do this for a living, if it weren't for the fans, if it weren't for the people that come out and watch us and support us. So that's really what the whole entire preface of the song is. Basically, I just wanted to get something that kind of said to the fans, you know, thank you. Thank you for being here and thank you for being a part of this. Because, like I said, if it, at the end of the day, it all comes back to, it all comes back to fans and everything that we do and everything that I do. I want to make sure the fans are a part of that and they feel that they're part of that. So, that's really what the preface of the song is about. Um, yeah. Now that we've heard you talk about what the song is about and you marry that with what you said earlier about the making of the video, it makes it sound like making the video is a no-brainer because once you talk about the blue-collar essence of the song itself, then you picture in your head your own hometown you go oh my gosh this should be simple in terms of depicting what i'm singing about in that song yes oh yeah that's that's exactly what it was you know like so like i said i had this i've well at the time when we released boots like mine which was over labor day weekend last year um at that time i think I've, i like i said i had the song written for like two or three years but so we knew what the content was we knew what the idea was we had the song and we knew what the uh, music video was going to be about. We just didn't know where we were going to do it. But then, when we got the idea to do it in my hometown, I was like, man, that's a no-brainer. That that just that's just the icing on the cake right there for the song. Nice, nice. Well, I'm excited that I get to talk to Josh some more. He and I are going to go record some extra content right now for Patreon. But for now, Josh, thanks so much. It's been wonderful talking to you. I appreciate it. Hey, man, thank you so much for having me on here. We'll uh, we'll definitely do this again. Listeners, that will do it for another episode of Now Hear This Entertainment. My sincere thanks to singer, songwriter, guitar player Josh Gallagher. Be sure to head over to jgmusic.net. As I said before, I will put a link to it from the show page for this episode at nhte.net. And then once you land on jgmusic.net, you can see all the social media platforms that Josh is on so you can engage with him. Be sure to like Josh's Facebook page. Follow him on Twitter and Instagram. Subscribe to his YouTube channel and then watch and like the videos on there. For that matter, tell Josh you heard him and his music on Now Hear This Entertainment. Remember that while you can follow Josh on Spotify, the better way to support him is by purchasing his music through his website or on Amazon or Apple Music. Remember also that you will want to keep up with Josh online so you can see where he is performing live. Don't forget that Josh and I will have some extra conversation over in the bonus content that's only available exclusively through Patreon. There's already similar audio up there from the last three months worth of guests. It's only five bucks a month and it's ad free and that's the only place you can get it. Go to the show website, nhte.net, hit the orange colored support us on Patreon button and that will take you to where you can gain access to the exclusive content. Remember also about scrolling down on nhte.net to the tall Amazon banner to start all of your shopping through them that way so that they can kick back a small percentage of the sale to help me with all the expenses I have for doing this show every week for what was six years as of about six weeks ago. For now, that will do it for episode 321. Thanks ever so much for listening. 
We'll send you out today with another song from Josh Gallagher. This is the one he just talked about. It's called Boots Like Mine. There's boots like mine On the billboard by the highway exit 209 All the signs point down to Broadway If you want that shine for a pretty dime Then you can buy boots like mine Ain't the kind my daddy still wears down on the line His old steel town steel toe working pair Built for overtime and extra miles Blue collar style Raise it up, whatever you get high on Here's the leather laced up nylon Rubber soles under old work benches Caked up treads in the trenches Raise it up like a ladder in the sky Salute to the shoes that paid the hard route Through the dust, the mud, the blood The ones who paid the price For boots like mine Boots like mine